doing amazing things which not you know and I'm not saying material things are bad or good where I'm, I'm saying that it, let's do things from a place this is that's that's of of your settled being mess deep within so when you make a decision from that place it's a much more sound decision for for you and everyone around you so that's the key Welcome to the Jess Larson Show, where I get to interview innovators and leaders. I'm really excited today to have Tom Carroll on the show. Tom, thanks for doing this. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure, Jeff. Real pleasure. Well, I'm late to surfing in life. I grew up a snowboarder and skateboarder, and mm. finally in my early 20s got to go surfing and, and fell completely in love and moved from Canada to, to California so I could surf every morning before work. And your mm. name is like such a legend. I mean... Two-time world champ, really important to me. First goofy-footed world champ. That's a that's a good one. Yes. Okay. You're a, you're five foot four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anybody who doesn't it know used that used to be that's such a big right, deal. <laughs> right with your right foot yeah. four. But you know, yeah. top ten surfers of all time. You know, first surfer to to become a millionaire with your giant contract from Quicksilver. You're like, mm. you've done, you accomplished mm. so much. You you, I mean, you made professional surfing a thing in many ways like I, i'm yeah. i don't know super excited that that you will make time on the, be on the show so thanks for doing this it's a pleasure jess lovely to be here it's good to hear um, that you've had a good go yourself <laughs> <laughs> well you know I, I have so many questions but i think one of my favorite things about this show is that i get to ask people who've reached just the absolute top at what they do how did they do it like what do people not understand about what you did differently to become a two-time world champ compared to other surfers who are trying. What, what, do you, what do you think was uncommon about you that you reached such an enviable level? I, I think when we really give ourselves to something wholeheartedly and then kind of I started off surfing for a whole other reason than to compete, to be honest. And then there's this all of a sudden this platform comes along and then, then you can actually sort of kind of prove yourself to, to, to be something, all of a sudden it kicks off this sort of ambitious mind in me that did that for me. And if that's ambition, that's fine. But then I start getting results and then I start sort of, then I, it's, it was a slow incremental sort of feed into the system when I look back on it, particularly from around the, the age of 12, even though I started surfing around seven, when I was seven. But I, I think I was just so immersed in what I was doing and what I loved doing. And I gave it everything I had. I was just naturally given to. And I was just, I, I was, luckily I was gifted to, you know, physically gifted. And it's connected and all, you know, all the little, all the little things in your body need to be connected to actually sort of express itself. And, and I had this beautiful, I, I had this platform coming along to kind of, pitch myself against the other guy, you know, the other surfer. And that sort of started happening at a young age. And, and I think when you kind of taste the feeling of kind of recognition, I think, when we sort of start tasting that feeling of recognition, then it starts blossoming. Certain things start to, and and you start to sort of get more solid in, you know, you get little what we call, I guess you call successes along the way and little affirmations from, you know, those moments, even when they're supposedly not successes. They don't, they are not 
seen as a failure. You know, you actually sort of, you go through those ups, what we call ups and downs, you know, because it's never a perfect movement, uh, perfect, nice curve. Oh, I'm going to become a world champion. Boom, there it is. And I must admit, it wasn't my first goal. You know, my first goal was really just to try to make the wave. <laughs> so, and then, uh, and then I kind of having all the other all the other in me to fine tune and 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 get better. I think I just had that sort of in me. I just wanted to be really really good at it, and and had the dream was very very strong and alive in me to be um, the best surfer I could be because I, I just got. As I went through my teens, I got more and more little tastes of that feeling of winning, you know, that feeling of winning, getting up on the end of the day. Sometimes I, I was just flabbergasted, like I, I just won this thing. Like, wow, how cool is this? And I beat that person that I thought was better than me. And, and all that stuff was going on. And I think just the build-up of that sort of into the system and, you know, and then sort of somehow coming through, oh, uh, you know, learning about all the aspects of it become richer and richer and evolving. I think being open to evolving, I think that's a big one in the whole, in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And I think that's, that's the, really is the big one, is the, just being open to evolving. And I noticed that was within me from the get-go. Do you think that those, those guys who get really good, but then aren't open to evolving, do you think that it's, they get too worried about keeping what they've got so far and it feels like a risk to evolve? Or what do you think, why do you think that they don't, that, you know, some guys plateau and they don't keep evolving? Well, I think that's different for us all. Like, I think that's, I, I'm not, you know, it's structured in me too. I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm like, all like, you know, perfectly moving forward all the time. Because I think evolution's about that sort of going a couple steps forward and a few steps back. But eye on the ball, you know, okay, I'm feeling it one step, a couple more steps forward and then a couple of steps back. It's never like, like I said, a perfect curve. But there's uh, a sense of fulfillment within what we're doing and, and actually getting inspired, particularly with what we're, what we're placing ourselves in and actually doing it and taking that kind of leap of faith with certain things. If we're willing to kind of, and I hold that lightly, like, here, take a leap of faith. What is that? I mean, it's really, it's really sort of just pitching myself into situations that were uncomfortable. But, you know, particularly for me, it was big surf and situations which challenged my sensibilities in the ocean, actually putting myself out there in competition, pitching myself up against the best surfers, even sometimes the ones that are unknown that were just coming out of nowhere, you know, when you're kind of well-established in your career and you have to sort of step up to those. And, uh, you know, I was more comfortable surfing against my greatest rivals, you know, that I'd surfed against many times. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, this person's come out of nowhere and you're, the, so you're this big deal and they're this, you know, and really able to sort of just throw myself into that situation and 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 focus in on, on applying myself. I think that was something that I um, particularly had on... Uh, when I was in, in, in the momentum of my career. And uh, the ability to sort of maintain that focus on uh, I'm in here for the longer haul. I'm not here for, I'm not here for the short run here. I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to make sure that this is, I have a longer view and a short view. I think that was also a big part of my mindset. Mm. 
Can, can you tell that me more about that? A lot. Yeah, tell me more about the short view and the long view. Well, <laughs> I was running around. I had a thing as a kid. I was probably ADHD or something. Yeah, you call that sometimes. You know, they call it a, a, a attention deficit disorder or something. But I think when we're not labelled something and we're running around, and my father would, Tom, Tom, he noticed me rushing around. Like, duh, John around. He goes, Tom, and I'll never forget him saying this, slow and steady wins the race. And I just go, <clears throat> and it just, like, bite me, you know, right in the spot. I never go, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? I'm out. <laughs> Off I go. Okay. But one thing, it sort of, he said it that many times to me, that laid down this okay, and it started to happen during competition, during, during the process of actually making my, you know, preparation better. During those times when I had to understand surfboard design and how that's going to work for me, and go through the, the what we call bad boards and the good boards and the good equipment, bad equipment, and sort of nut out the best stuff. It was that was showing me that. It was a slow and steady kind of process here that must be looked at. And that kind of slowly, that came to light as I went into my career. I was going, if I take a longer view here, that I'm here for a long time, something in me could relax. Something in me could actually, ah. And that was, that, that was something that settled me. It was not, it was something that settled me that I could actually, okay, let's take a longer view here. I don't have to. Do it all this moment, right now. Have it all now. Do this whole thing now. Even though it's super important to be in the present, but actually it allowed me, actually added to the present. So I actually allowed myself to, oh, okay, so I can take a loss here, but sort of learn for it. You know, understand how I can sort of start to sort of, you know, build in a better practice down the, as I go right now and as I go into the future. And so learn from those moments. Mm. That, so that helped me a lot. Those, just those couple of words, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And, then, and that's it. Yeah, taking, taking a longer view. I know it's, it's tricky, you know, when there's a lot of information coming in on the, on the, on the, in the present moment. Mm. You know, I, as I listen to you talk and I think about, like, some of the most peaceful times in my life have been, you know, 6 a.m. in Huntington Beach. It's like the only time of day that California is actually quiet. There's like, you know, the wind hasn't started, so the waves are glassy. And there's like you, two surfers, mm. you know, six pelicans and eight dolphins mm. and no other humans, mm. right? And it's like, feel like Very you're like connected cool. to God, right? And, and yeah, yeah, you're that's such a peaceful... Yeah, you are. I feel like that sounds like <laughs> that you do too. Yeah, you, you, I get it. I was, I was actually only about... An hour ago, surfing with dolphins, with, with a whole pack of kids. They were getting the same, and you were getting it. And that set you up. Those, those moments set you up. Mm. But it's interesting, sure. you know, I, I really love skateboarding mini ramp. I don't do a lot of street skating anymore. I don't, th mm. I don't bounce like I did when I was a 15-year-old off the pavement, right? But I still do. <laughs> so really, like, you know, my, my teenagers and I built a mini ramp in the shed in the backyard and stuff like mm -hmm. this. And... um. You know, when you're skateboarding, it's it's very up to you. It, it doesn't require a lot of patience, mm. except that you don't land in, land any of the mm. tricks if you're me. You know, you mm. you, you, <laughs> you mm. fail at a trick a hundred times and you land it once, right? Where, but it's like whether I'm skating or not is very up to me. And mm. surfing has such a forced 
patience because you got to sit around and wait for that wave. Mm. You know, I'm not surprised to hear about what you're doing in meditation. Can you can you tell us a little bit about about the website and and what you are doing over there? Okay, so yeah, Tom Carroll Meditation website is really sort of uh, a page just to giving you information of what I do is I teach on there at the moment it has the Vedic uh, meditation technique and I also just completed the 900 hours initiated into the, the style which is an integrated style so which I'll be putting on the website but basically I've become a, a meditation teacher now I would have never thought I would have become a meditation teacher that's for sure but it's slowly become apparent to me and particularly to my own Vedic uh, meditation teacher from 2016 who came along just at the right time for me to, you know, enrich my practice, which had started in late 2006, where I'd had a real corrective experience in my life and I, I, I was reaching out, I was actually open, cracked open to new, I've got to bring something new in my life. That's actually going to build on the tools of recovery from drug addiction. That's what has happened for me. And that was a... That was, that was you know, quite a story. There was always a story in there. <laughs> but that corrective experience put me on the path to regular, using it as a tool to sort of expand my operation, my system, really, expand, expand my view and to change. I needed to change. That was just what had to happen. So change was, became, became much more of broader opportunities started to open just on one of the main tools that was just literally sitting in the morning and coming to my breath. Now, I need to enrich my pro, you know, we tend to evolve. You really put your hand up to start to evolve when we put these sort of practices into our life. And we, I came to about 10 years down the track, it's the same practice, Tibetan style, breath-based uh, meditation. I, um, Came to about 10 years in and my practice, I'd done, I've actually gone through the necessary changes that needed to happen. I'd stuck to the program, came to a point where I needed to enrich my, my practice. And, you know, like they say, when the uh, pupil's ready, the teacher arrives. And exactly those words, pretty ancient words, <laughs> been around for millennia. So this, this, this person arrives in my life where... I was enriched with this beautiful practice, uh, a very common practice in meditation, a mantra-based transcendental style of meditation, um, practice twice a day, 20 minutes twice a day. And that started to enrich and expand and change my life exponentially. As I practiced that daily, I just gave myself to the program of the meditation, the practice. And as a result of that, my teacher was, was like, you, you just got to teach. And I've gone, oh, no, <laughs> that's not for me. I'm not a teacher. No, no, no. I'm not a teacher. Even though I realised that uh, at some level uh, that I needed to actually offer this up for other people. I taught a few people um, the other style, off chance, just through the, the 10 years prior. But about two years into my, my um, mantra-based in a transcendent style of meditation, I, I went in for the teaching course and completed it and 
I've been teaching since 19, 2019, and that's been an extraordinary experience. I never thought this would happen. <laughs> so as a result, a whole bunch of stuff starts to happen. Yeah. And, and can you remind me, you're doing uh, guided meditation live on Instagram three times a week. Is that right? Yeah. So what I do is for, for Instagram live, I put up, I, I turn up each morning, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning. That's Australian Eastern Standard Time, 5.50 a.m. And I just place up Thomas Victor Carroll is my Instagram handle. And... And I come come on, and we we get on, and and I just give a have a bit of a chat with everyone. I've got a bit of a following there, and it's pretty cool. We started it. I started that during the the first lockdown pandemic. The pandemic started to, just at the end of March, twenty twenty, and I could see that perhaps the world might need something that could help them stabilize in the time of stress. And, and, and stress it was. It was like, oh, my God, the whole place was changing so rapidly. So, so much change all of a sudden, and everyone, and the stress is collective, just goes up. Like, and everyone's just reacting, reacting, reacting. So what I could do, I could notice, was, was actually use my Instagram to use this little rectangle, <laughs> you know, this, this, this thing here, <laughs> this little rectangle to start to sort of, touch people and get people uh, moving in, in, in inquiry of, of meditation and drew quite a few people in and it was been so I thought I might be just doing that for a couple of months maybe you know didn't think I'd be still doing it I started off doing it every day for five minutes this is a stage one breath-based offering so people who had never meditated before have a little taste of what's going on out there with the oh what's meditation you know what does it mean so you mean I've got to try and sit for five minutes? <laughs> so I, yeah, and settled, settled everything down. So that started to happen. Did that for about a month, and then I swapped it out to three days a week. And I've come back on it. I'll just keep, keep it going. So it's been going for a little over two years now, and I've had all people, people from all over the planet coming in and, and enjoying it, and they keep coming back. So it's really lovely to have them. Mm. Well, congratulations on the sec on the on the uh, success there. I just clicked the Thomas Victor Carroll on Instagram and, and followed you. You got 107,000 followers already. Apparently, apparently people like what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's, it's an amazing, yeah. I mean, also I share a bit about surfing, uh, a little bit about life. I actually don't use my feed that often, but I do use the story. And I use the Instagram live, but I love using it because it, it really touches and gets, it, it, it offers people just that sort of regularity and also what it means to just a little bit of knowledge in there too. So it gives people an idea of what's going on. And we have got some great regulars that keep turning up. And I don't know where this is really going. I'm not really like being the, you know, the, I can, you know, I like to, if, they, if anyone's got any inquiry to go a little bit deeper and richer with that, they can always come to my website and uh, tune in with me via email through that and inquire through email for a course that I give, which is, which is more a little bit, bit of a deeper dive, mm, much deeper dive. Mm. That's great. You know, we'd like to cut mm. these episodes in half. Maybe this is a good place to end part one. Maybe as a closing question, yeah. I, I would kind of love to 
to double down on some of the topics we've covered already. And I'm interested in what your advice would be when you think about surfing and taking the, you know, the short view and the long view and, and being observant and mm. recognizing it. I mean, it sounds like you're talking about recognizing you don't control all situations. So what at least can I learn from this? And then your meditation practice and adding this all yes. together, you know, if there's on, on the, sh you know, we know that a lot of our listeners of the show are, are maybe more ambitious folks. They're startup founders, they're mm. investment fund managers, people like this. And a lot of them are in pretty competitive environments and there's a lot of pressure and the buck stops at them. And mm. sometimes it's hard to sleep at night. And I'm interested yeah. in any advice you'd have for those folks who they have a big dream and there is a lot of pressure and there's a lot of excitement too, but you know, kind mm. of integrating this, the long view, the short view, the meditation, the, you know, humility to observe situations, how you would kind of boil that all down what your advice might be to someone. Well, be, be, be aware of, um, you know, how you respond in the world. I mean, this is the key. I mean, to, to grow our consciousness, really, we really want to, we don't want to narrow our, we, there's sometimes when we need to sort of focus on particular things and to have that, but allow it to come from a place that's settled within us, a place that actually is settled within our being. You know, our, in the number one is if we're stressed and we're full of it, if we're just full of it, we don't have have a tool to offload it in a very healthy way that's going to actually add to our life, we, we tend to just carry it, carry stress. And we love to carry stress on that. We just, we wear it. And, and then we're making decisions from a, from a very agitated state, state. Even though I might be able to be really cool about it on an exterior, but underneath we're sort of rattling, if that's your experience, well, and I can handle it. I've got this, you know, that sort of stance. I know that one pretty clearly. I've had that a lot. So it's not to make decisions from that point, and a lot of us do. You'll find that we'll be get taken on, 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 on paths that don't necessarily sort of charm us at all. In fact, we find ourselves on, and our system doesn't do, it actually starts to sort of shake and it goes, it kind of, it kind of devolves. It goes the other way from evolving. So really, if we have a practice that establishes ourselves in our beingness, which is deep inside us, it's not out there, we can't take it in a tablet. We can't, we can't build enough buildings, houses, uh, cars, material objects that the acquisition mode becomes so strong when we're locked in that heightened state of ego. Ego, again, hold it lightly, it's part of our survival tech mechanism, but it is something that narrows our conscious field down to a very, 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 very uh, restricted state. So we want to come, if we're going to go out there in the world and do all this great stuff you were just talking about and all your listeners, listeners who are, um, are doing amazing things, which not, you know, and I'm not saying material things are bad or good, where I'm, I'm saying that it, let's do things from a place that's, that's, that's of, of your settled beingness deep within. So when you make a decision from that place, it's a much more sound decision. For, for you and everyone around you. So that's the key. 
So if we start moving from that place, watch what happens. <laughs> I really like that answer. It made me think of two quick analogies, and I, I want to know if if you if you think I'm on the right track. But as you were saying all that, it made me think about like how often I've been frantic or I've been highly stressed out trying to keep mm. all the all the plates spinning because there's this like cardboard cutout version of me that I wish everybody believed in with these accomplishments or these, you know, these labels that I wish people would put on me. And it's, I'm frantically trying to keep all these plates spinning. And when I hear you talk about that, it's like, I don't know. It just makes me think about like being more dialed in with me and kind of like Mm. stepping out behind the cardboard cutout, you know, as much as Mm. possible. And like, for the surfing analogy, I think, you know, I didn't really, I grew up swimming a lot. My parents were both lifeguards and that was like a really common fa- family activity, but that was, that was in the swimming pools in Canada. That was not in the ocean. And, you know, like, it's not like Huntington yeah. beach has big waves like you've been in, but, but sometimes Huntington can get, mm. you know, sometimes Huntington gets quite big. So, yeah. And you get sweeps down the beach. It's like, I, I surfed Huntington quite a bit. I know the sweep from the North or the sweep from the South in the summer. Yeah, and the, the north and the winter, it's kind of the heavy. Well, and I think about, mm. like, sometimes when it would get really big, even if it was just huge closeouts, I wanted to go out and just, like, mm. feel the energy. And yes. and then, like, I remember one time it became, like, you know, so every once in a while those waves get so big they hit the bottom of the pier, right? And mm. it was just all closeouts. And I was actually, that's probably the most scared I've ever been in the ocean of, like, ooh, I don't, I I, like, mm. I wonder if I can even get back in. So I paddled out past the break and I just sat, watched them from behind because they were so huge and thinking like, because I've been, I've been slammed into the, you know, into the sand enough times at Huntington, like I know it can happen, right? And, and, you know, at some point I just decided I was going to take it and and everything worked out. But I think about how frantic I would get as a, as a more inexperienced surfer when I would have those hold downs, my first hold downs. And my franticness to, frantic, franticness to swim back up to get my yeah. air and then get and then get brought bit down again, you know, putting through the washing machine. Yeah. And I think it was like Jeff Deffenbaugh or some I can't remember who. Somebody's talking yes, about Jenna, Jeff. Yeah. About like how he would teach young surfers just count to ten. I don't care if you just got punched in the stomach, mm. you can always hold your breath for ten seconds. If you're completely mm. out of breath, you can still hold your breath mm. for ten seconds. So just count to ten. Mm. And in twenty years since hearing that I've never been able to count all the way to 10 without my head popping back up out of the water, you know? How cool and was that information? That little bit of information was so It's extremely helpful to like, you know, just kind of curl yeah. up in a ball and the ocean takes me mm. out, the ocean takes me down, mm. pushes me down on the sand, whatever. And mm. like, I don't even start to think about when it gets bad. I don't even start to think about coming up until I'm on like three or four. But you, it's amazing how yeah. much panic you can do in those first three seconds. If I let myself and waste right? so much energy, and, 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 and then it and, starts and, getting and, scary. And we're talking about we're talking about energy, like energy, uh, you know. And you talk about what, yeah, the the expending of energy, wasted energy. We think about how much we waste in a day on just expending it out on 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 stress, you know, like loading stress on the system, trying to achieve, 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 achieve. Great, go out there and achieve. I'm not saying being a not not be an achiever or, or set your goals, but let it come from a place that's you're able to settle. So you, you know you're able to settle on counting to ten. That beautiful bit of information that Jeff may have given you, which is 
such a golden piece of information saved you from so many situations that you actually start to relax in life, start to come from that place which is more settled within your system. This mind-body system, when it's highly agitated, won't make the great decision. Decision-making becomes very, very dicey. (laughs) And, you know, when you've got a whole bunch on the line and you're leading up these funds or or you're you're out there in this, you know, this kind of shark, kind of infested waters (laughs) of the fund world, all those all those uh, very feisty, I can't imagine what it's like. But, <clears throat> but if we're making decisions that are coming from a highly stressed state and we're losing sleep, we're, 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 we're ag- agitated, just making kind of funny health decisions, you know, to sort of try and cope with the situation. Like maybe we're, you know, oh, it's not bad to have a little bit more to drink or we'll just take a bit of this, that might sort of settle me down. This sort of stuff. These sort of decisions come from a stress state uh, because the body doesn't, and the mind knows in the background exactly what I'm talking about here. You know, I'm not saying anything new, but just to sort of be reminded, it's very, very important. So if we've got something in our life that's informing us of those little pieces of gold that you just got that information from Jeff, and we're getting reminded, and we do it on a daily basis, just throw the tool in there that's going to come from that place within you that is always there, always has been. Non-exclusive, so it's not an exclusive space at all. It's, it's all inclusive, and you can actually start to make great decisions from there, you know, and actually better for you, better for everyone. Mm. You know... I partially feel dumb giving a surfing example because you've been in way dicier situations in the ocean than I ever have. (laughs) But it's just when you were talking about that, I thought about this, like, you know, everybody who's not watching the video, when Tom was talking about the stress going up and up, he was raising his hands. And I just thought about like being out in the water and like (laughs) when the water starts getting up to nose height, you start getting a little worried about your next breath. And like the idea of being weighed down in useless Mm. franticness and stress and like that, the idea of being put through the washing machine on a surf wave of like the short term and the long term of like, okay, in the long term, I need to get a breath. In the short term, it's okay for me to get bounced around and I'm, and I'm going to be okay yeah. with that. And I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be calm while this ocean like manhandles me. And then in a little bit, like mm. three more seconds from now, five more seconds from now, I'm going to kick a little bit and I'll be right mm. out of the water. And it's like, it's almost like a, a faith or a humility or a, level of like it's like humility is a good I, i'm interested to me yeah. it feels like a balance beam between the humility to accept what's going on right now but the personal responsibility to work towards doing something about it do you, do you have any comments about that or do you see mm. it differently well you when you you're brought to action in response to the situation okay so if you're if you're coming from a like we we're talking about it before if you i've been in that situation where i've panicked and it's not a good feeling. And uh, because every time we go down underneath the water, if you've ever tried, breathe, you know, even just doing breath holds, because you can do breath training, you best to do breath training out of the water, by the way. So when we do that, it's very, it's, it's, it's very, every breath holds a little bit different. But if we're, if we're able to sort of go down and, and you know, 
we're always at some point called to action from our survival net if we're being, you know, held underneath the ocean. We're going to be... But the one thing is if we've had no experience whatsoever, we're going to panic like crazy, okay? But the more experience we have with her, Mother Ocean, nature, the energy of her, which is way more powerful than us, even if it's one foot surf, <laughs> even if it's just a little ocean, little wave. Uh, but if I'm talking about big ocean and, and there, so we have more and more experience of the fact that there's one wave that's going to come through and then there, it's going to pass. It's moving beyond you. And you had probably heard this over and over again, this too shall pass, you know. This is a classic saying, you know, just help, you know. But when we're in it, it doesn't make any sense. If you're panicking and go, what do you mean this is fast? I'm like, I'm going to die. But if you already have the information and you're settled, that you can actually have that settled state, you've got a lot longer to work with, much more of a gap. Nature will actually open up the gap. You actually open your eyes underneath the water if you're more relaxed. And if it's if she's a clear ocean, if it's got not a murky, dark ocean, then you'll really have to feel your way through it. Generally speaking, when we're on a really big wave, I like to open my eyes and then we'll start to see the light coming down through the clouds of white water. You can see gaps and then we start sort of moving towards those gaps. You might be getting thrown around a little bit, but because of because I've been under there so many times and I understand it myself in it, I'm more relaxed. But the more time we put ourselves in position, just like anyone out there doing the, the hard yards, you know, in their in their in their achieving world and their goal oriented achieving world, they're getting more more attuned to what the environment's like. Come back to yourself again. Have something in your life. Whatever it is, and I'm quite sure a lot of you do, but add add something in there that you can do anywhere, anytime, that you're able to come back to yourself and have an experience of yourself in this least excited state. So that can inform everything else. That's the key. So you know, you'll bring that back out into the world. Mm, that's the, and so the more practice you have, it's a practice. Yeah, you know, there, there's two events in your life I, I really want to ask about. The first one is, what were, what were your emotions or what was going through your mind when you were about to win your first world championship and you realized, like, I might win this. I might, I might become the world champion. What was that experience like? Oh, that's a really good one. And, and it's, it gets asked a lot because, you know, of, of people that have achieved at this level, and I'm sure it's really individual but my experience you know was you know a lot of a lot of people think oh he wanted to be a world champion from the time he was 12 da 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 and he was going oh it definitely wasn't going oh i'm going to be world champion it wasn't actually a a goal i just wanted to get really good at what i was doing but as i got better in competition i got to that point it was just such a like i said an evolution up and down up and down up and down big rocky road I get to that point, and then all of a sudden, because I didn't, and believe, this is where I have a real question mark over the word believe, and, and so on, because it wasn't until I got to the point where I'd won, I was just two events away, and all, 
every moment on the wave counted. Every decision making, every decision was had to be right on the money. I couldn't, and if I wanted to achieve it, there was no knowing. I, I, the only knowing was that I was going to be able to do what I needed to do in the next on the next wave and be prepared. And so I could start to smell it. I'm probably about about a couple of heats away, really, from the time when I accumulated that enough winning points to that no one else could take me out. And I was like, and I could see it sort of and see it happening on paper, but I could also feel myself in the inertia of the moment. And that starts to sort of, and there's a certain posture, but I just didn't know. I, you know, I had no real definite knowing that I could start to smell it. And that was only a couple of heats away. It wasn't like, you know, there's a, an accumulation of comfort, accumulation of certain posture when we're moving out and surfing against the other surfers and the our greatest rivals and, and these, these other surprise packages that come along the way. But it wasn't really, the feeling of it was, you know, that all the preparation had been done, I hadn't done, I just had to take the training wheels off and just keep, keep turning up for myself on the moment. When it was achieved, that was an incredible amount of, I just walked, I just, my whole body posture changed and I could feel it. It was incredibly rewarding feeling. But before that, it was just a heightened experience heightened like everything was everything was clear everything was I need uh, you know I just kept on because I, I had no idea and belief uh, everyone I understand that we need to have and we'd like to label it as belief but it was more like I was having an experience of myself doing it and ex and and that experience was the most important because as I experienced myself winning, it just built the building blocks for that moment where I was able to attain enough points to become a world champion. Uh, to, 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 you know, I set goals. I, I put the goals on the, you know, in my bedroom, on the, on the, on the mirror, put it in the, in the kitchen, on the, on the fridge. And when I was training, I put all those little goals. I, I want to make it up the ratings like this. I want to perhaps... You know, being the top, I want to make the, the semis in this event. I want to definitely make the semis, nothing less. Uh, I want to I want to win a couple of events here. You know, I, I want to do this. I want to make the finals. Da, 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 da. Set certain goals and wrote them down. And those sort of goals sort of informed the sort of movement but and, and helped me keep focus. But it was really this experience of, you know, just build adding building blocks along the way. And I'd say belief's tricky because belief can just shift from one day to the next, just like everything else. So I, I, I look back on it and go, everyone goes, yeah, just believe. And I go, I just got Yeah, I really want to believe, but I, <laughs> and I, but it was a, I guess if I was to use a sense, it was a sense of smell. <laughs> I could smell myself getting closer. Uh, and then attaining that feeling was just very, but then coming out the next year, <laughs> I needed to do it again just to make sure it wasn't a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you're describing that experience, you really gave me a feeling similar. You know, we've had a number of folks on here from the most elite levels of special operations, whether it's 
Delta Force or mm. SEAL Team 6 in the U.S. or British SAS or mm. Saeed McCall from Israel. And as you mm. talk about that, there, like one, one thing you said about – you talked about that time when every moment on the wave counted. And mm. it's funny. It reminded me so much of these guys when they're like – when it's literally – life or death, like if I make a mistake, my buddy might die Yeah, kind of situations mm, for those guys. Yeah. It's like all those years of preparation show up at that moment. And it's like, it's, it's almost like it's too late to think anymore. And they just need, like, there's a, I think it's a Buddhist or a Shinto practice called, they call talk about mushin. It's this Japanese term for like mm. having, yep. it's like having an empty mind and just relying on, yeah relying on your reactions and your stuff instead of overthinking things. And as you were talking about that, I just thought about like, you know, talking to, or, you know, knowing people have been in, in dicey situations with criminal organizations and intelligence operations. And it's like, wow, this is, we are playing for keeps here. And it's, you kind, it's almost like you kind of have to let go almost like an out of body experience of observing yourself of just like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be calm and do what I need to do kind of thing. And you know, it's like Michael Jordan talks about he he was nervous for games, but he didn't have a lot of fear because he he knew that he had put in the training. So he he was able to be confident in his. Anyways, I know that's not very precise, but as you were talking, I wonder if there's some similarity there of like, you know, it's time to just rely on my skills and do it instead of overthink mm. it or, you know. Fix what I'm saying. I'm putting words in your mouth. Tell me, tell me a better way to describe it. I, I, I mentioned it before. We know, there's times where it, it comes to we take the training wheels off. The you know we've had all the training, we've been doing all that, all that work, all that preparation, all that, and it goes from you know from your equipment to your physical to your mind to and all the rest. And, you know all the other backup, all the other support. You know having it all in line and 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 even when things don't fall into place having the, the your base training being really really solid so you you can you 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 fall back onto that that those that stuff and i think with you know surfing places like pipeline you know in a really full on situation you can't be thinking you just can't there's no you know you got to rely on all your instincts so to put yourself in the right position you know Surfing ways of real consequence in situations where, you know, it, it could take you take you out. So we were we're not in the action. We're not thinking. We're just feeling. Feeling is something that responds way quicker to situations. Thoughts a whole lot of time. <laughs> we don't have time in those situations. The time is now. So it's uh, that's why I love surfing. I think. You know, I think I may have been drawn to special operations when I was younger, if, if that was where the path went. But I think I'm kind of really glad I didn't have to do that because that would have been, I don't know how, how, that, how that would have turned out, so I won't go there. But uh, I think if I was to draw a parallel, I, I understand that sense of just calling on everything that I've got and... And if I say a leap of faith, it's sort of like it's even beyond that because we're calling on all this intelligence that's already in us. It's already sitting there. And when it's just applied in the moment and and and, and you're falling out of the sky at a 10, 12-foot wave of pipeline, the reef's very, very close. You can actually see it. And you, 
it, it's trust, trusting your equipment and all, all the work that you've done. And I kind of think, excuse me, that the greatest commodity on the planet is trust. You know, this. Mm, tell me trust more about that. Is, it, it, it's something that we, we feel that we can rely upon and that we, it's unsaid, it's, it's felt, it's felt, it's felt through our existence that I trust in myself. I trust in myself deeply that I can take this on. It's not even a belief. It's sort of, that's what I, I was trying to get to before. It is trust at the deepest level. When we can trust ourselves, and that sort of emanates out to people around you, all kinds of things become possible. And that kind of starts to unify all, all effort. And so we're just, we become less, less sort of like this, you got, this fear doesn't even come into it. <laughs> yeah. Even though fear well, informs part of it, fear will inform it to some degree because when we're human, we're going to have fear. But, yeah. It's interesting Go ahead. That, how that background can give us confidence. I mean, I think one of the things that mm-hmm. I respect and so many people respect about you is, you know, being a two-time world champ and, and boycotting South African event because of the way apartheid mm-hmm. was, was mm-hmm. abusing their people in South Africa. Do you want to say anything about that? Oh yeah, sure. That was that was uh, again. That was a decision made as a world, a two-time world champion, just freshly crowned, and there was a you know the world was quite different back then. You know, it's changed quite a lot. But back then there was a, a there was quite a lot of attention on the apartheid regime down there in South Africa. I'd been competing down there in events, and I and I saw how humans were behaving towards each other firsthand. So for me, as a world champion, um, athlete in the public eye, you know, I, I just didn't, I, I struggled going there and competing anyway, but, and it became more and more apparent that, that we could do something about it and spread and have an influence on, on, on actually shifting things. And I, I personally could going there to compete was showing that I was supporting it and I couldn't. And I decided that it was, this was a, a, a great opportunity to sort of do my part. And so I decided this was the best time. It was a timing thing, but I was quite, I was 20, 23 at the time. So I wasn't a great communicator. It was like, I still hadn't had great communication skills. So I, I it was a bit messy at the time, the way it was, but, that it was came straight from the heart. It was not uh, a political thing. Even though politics is is riddled through all human existence, we, I, it was a pure human humanitarian stand, and I, I sought to disagree on viewing another person, no matter who they are, no matter what they are, as someone who wasn't equal. And so that's where I went with that. So mm, well, it was very important I think that- for me. I think that it shows a lot about your character of, you know, there's a lot of folks so worried about holding on to what they've got or not wanting to jeopardize mm. their career or, you know, do anything like that. Not, you know, and you're willing to use all this, you know, this, at least the whole surfing world's attention on you for good. Mm. And uh, I think that's a great thing. And I hope more people follow your example. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
Yeah, thanks, Jess. Yeah. Hey, this has just been so great. Is there is there anything you want to? Oh, look, I, I just well, I really like I've mentioned a few times in the podcast that the listener, whoever's listening, can and if they've got any inquiry into you know a, a regular putting a putting a beautiful tool like meditation into their life. Uh, and they have an inquiry, just a little bit of inquiry as to how that happens uh, and what happens there. Go out there and seek and seek some guidance in that area, and and just go for it, and and just watch what happens. <laughs> that's that's really just a message here for me. Um, it's a it's a very very useful tool, and I'm saying it's it's a tool in the box. It's like if we've got a toolbox for life, let it be a shining, beautiful tool. That you'll pick out, uh, uh, pick up each day, and 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 like I said, don't seek kind of the same sort of stuff that we try to seek out there. It's just sit and practice and watch what happens. It's not about attaining this or that inside. I want to get this, so I'm going to meditate, so I'm going to get this. No, it's not like that. Sit and practice. Go beyond the mind. Let the mind just do its thing. Come back inside, and then. Watch what happens. Keep the camera rolling on life and expand that, that, that state of consciousness within you that can actually see things. <laughs> yeah, just expand that. You think about how many thoughts we all have in the shower or in nature, you know, surfing at 6 a.m. when the water's glassy and there's no people around. Like, it's interesting what occurs to us during stillness that doesn't occur any other time, right? Beautiful ideas come up when we really settle ourselves down within ourselves. Watch what comes out of out of that 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 still silent place within. That's where the good stuff starts to come. Especially when you notice when we do take a moment to settle, that we have those little moments of silence, particularly with nature. Uh, but it's but if we set ourselves up so we can actually do this any time we go to our own true nature, that which sort of settles down, watch what comes up. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's where we can come up with it. We can, infinite creativity starts to grow in your life. You know, improved relationships. It's, it, it's, it's, it's so broad that, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a beautiful practice. I mean, it's, still relevant today. Technology that's so relevant today, even though it's over 8,000 something years old, still relevant today. It's, it's got to be something going on here. You know, we can go for new iPhones every <laughs> We need a new one. We need a new one. We need to upgrade this. We need to upgrade that. It's, oh, that one's irrelevant. That one's irrelevant. Well, this is as relevant today as it was 8,000 years ago. So, yeah. Go for that one. Well, everybody, please go to Thomas Victor Carroll on Instagram and, and follow Tom. Tom, thanks again for doing this. Yeah. Thank you, Jess, for the opportunity. And uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. You bet. Bye, everyone. <laughs>